0: Welcome to the Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care.
1: Welcome back to the Intention Training Podcast. This is Roy and Jen. Um, I think it's been about three weeks since we last podcasted, um, but we're happy to be back. Things have been pretty crazy. Um we're going through a little bit of like a transition period. Um, both of us are. Uh, do you want me to kind of tell the people what I've been up to or would you rather go first?
0: Yeah, I'm eating a snack. So you, you go first.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm back to school um, in my last semester. As long as I pass everything, I'll be graduating um, from the University of St. Thomas this winter, um, which I'm really excited about. After that, I'll be taking um, some time to kind of just Uh, Well, I'm I'm taking the CSCS, Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist exam in December. Um, Once I pass that, I'll have the credentials to either pursue a strength and conditioning coach job at a uh, high school, university, or in the private sector. Um, Or I may just try my my hand at the small business thing and see where I can kind of get myself to. So um, that's where I'm at on school and work. My own training has basically surrounded just trying to um, stay active, have some fun. I don't really have a concrete goal right now. Um, There are definitely some things I have in mind that I want to improve on, Um, but it's, it's a little tough. I'm a very competitive person. So I, and I think for everybody, when you have like something concrete to work towards, that's kind of what brings the best out in you. So I look forward to getting back to that. But right now my main focus is kind of just trying to finish school, make sure I stay active and that I'm still making progress um, on the things that I want to pursue. So that's kind of where I'm at.
0: Um, what about, um, how are your clients doing? I'm chewing still.
1: Um, everybody's good. We're teaching. I have a youth strength and power class, which is uh, right now. I have three freshmen, all basketball players. Um, different. Everybody's at different schools, I think, which is cool. Um, and I really, really enjoy doing that. Um, it's really cool to see um, the progress that they make and. It's just, I'm so glad that they're starting young. I think that starting as freshmen will leave them with lots of time and to make progress and really kind of shine their junior, senior years and hopefully go to the next level if that's what they want to do. So that's cool. Um, We're also doing just a regular strength and power class, which has been fun. Um, And then doing a lot of one-on-one training, I actually quit my job, my part-time job to um, further pursue training, um, which is exciting. Um, gotten a few new clients and got some people that I'm hoping to get off the wait list soon here so um, yeah I'm also thinking about moving over to Train Heroic which is the coaching software to kind of ease um, my workload a little bit so yeah nice yeah what about you
0: um me I started I kind of started my community health worker job by that I mean I completed the paperwork um and I'm still in the onboarding process, but I'm really excited to be doing that. It's kind of like personal training in a lot of facets. Um, I really do like connecting with people and um making in making differences in like individual people's lives. Like when you can see it all work out, I think that's really fulfilling for me, which is another reason why I really like in person personal training. Um, I've gotten a few new clients. I'm in grad school. That has been kicking my ass the past like month. But I think I finally figured out how to do it um, and how to not freak out over assignments. So, you know, only five years of higher ed later. And uh, my meet is in three weeks, two 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 and a half, I don't know. But um, really weird to be going into a meet without injuries. Um, cause my last meet, I had a low back strain. Um, I guess this one, I'm kind of, I'm kind of still experiencing some quad discomfort, but at this point, who isn't experiencing some aches and pains? So I'm really excited for that meet. Um, might try some strongman stuff after not, not like competition wise, but, um, just learning some stuff. I think it's always important to keep learning. Um, I think that's it.
1: Sweet. Um, lastly, before we get into the main uh, part of the episode, we should acknowledge um, the Breonna Taylor decision and encourage everybody to keep standing up for what's right and not accepting what they're trying to give us. Um, yes, it's a it's a damn shame, and I really hope that um, we can see some change. And, yeah,
0: and yeah. I would say I'm not going to tell folks to, I'm not going to impose it upon them to vote, but I'm going to say use your political capacity um, in any way that you can. I don't know if capacity is the right word to use there, but use your capital. There we go. Use your political capital in whatever way you can, and it does make a difference. Always start within your own community, and... Yeah, the smaller you start, the more change you'll see. So what are we going to talk about today? So
1: today, um, over the past, I don't know, when I had some more time before I came back to school, I've been doing just like some independent research and kind of summarizing it. So I have a few things regarding recovery that we're going to talk about. Before we do that, we wanted to talk just a little bit about um our personal approaches to warming up and kind of our like philosophies on that because I think that everybody has a different approach to that Mm -hmm. Um, and it's something that requires some experimentation to find what works best for you. So I think it could be helpful to people if we talk about maybe things we've tried that didn't work as well, what we're doing now, um, what we would do if we had more time, things like that. So do you wanna tell people kind of how you warm up for any given session?
0: Yeah, so as a power lifter, my warm ups aren't going to be super strenuous. They're just gonna kind of prep my body for the movement patterns um, that I'm gonna be doing that session. So typically how this goes for me is just um, increasing my body temperature. So I have a few stretches and drills from Roger's Reset. I'll usually go through three of them about one time. And those are more... um,
1: And this, sorry to interrupt, but this this involves a lot of foam rolling as well, Well, right?
0: Yeah, foam rolling or soft tissue work, kind of just loosening things up. A little bit of active stretching.
1: So do you typically do your uh, soft tissue stuff before you're increasing core temperature however you do that do you do it before
0: i i usually actually wear a sweater when i'm doing it and then just kind of moving around on the floor i get kind that's enough hot. for you yeah
1: yeah okay. um
0: so i'll go through those about one time um,
1: and then when you say active stretching what does that mean to so, you so
0: um to me it means that i'm i'm moving my body through the range of motion um so i'm doing like like um chest openers uh i'm laying on the ground and rolling, rolling my body to one side and opening up my chest, uh, or I'm um, doing some hamstring flosses or something like that. Um, I was doing those exercises or drills about uh, three times through when I was injured. Now I only do them about one time through, but uh, they've been really helpful for me, so I keep them in. Then after that, I'm moving on to what my coach has prescribed me, which is usually three exercises for about two or three sets. Lately, I've only been doing two sets, and the first set, I'll do back-to-back. Usually, this is things like if I'm benching, there's probably going to be a prone Y raise in there or um, a T-spine rotation. If I'm squatting, I'm going to have a rolling plank and a hip drop. So something that's going to prep the, moving, the movement pattern. Um, so I usually do my first set back-to-back, and then I do my second set in between sets of warming up, whatever main movement I'm going to do.
1: And these movements are typically... Higher rep, very low intensity. So
0: I don't really get any core prescribed to me, but a lot of that is taken care of in the warm-up. So I'll have dead bugs or bird dogs, Mm. um, kind of things to get my body to move together in a manner that will be um, conducive to squatting or deadlifting. Uh,
1: Don't quote me on this, but I think there is some research out there as well that um, speaks to that, how beneficial... um, quote-unquote core work can be in a warm-up and yeah. in increasing force production um, well, in subsequent sets. makes you sweaty.
0: <laughs> Rolling planks are really hard.
1: Yeah, they are hard. Um,
0: But, yeah.
1: And then you're, of course, with whatever lift, you're doing, like, some feeder sets working up to your working sets, right?
0: Yeah, and I think um, for my athletes, too, I kind of use warm-ups as, like, extra reps, so just extra volume mm-hmm. um, so that I don't have to give them – because a lot of people are like, well, I want to do my, like – I want to work on my abs, and I'm like – Okay. I could give you six-minute abs at the end, or we could just knock it out in the beginning with some bird dogs or rolling planks or something like that.
1: Who are you giving six-minute abs? Nobody.
0: Okay. Sometimes, um, I don't know, some people really like it. I think that's something interesting about personal training is even if you're like, hey, this might not actually be the best thing we could do for your core, some people don't care. They're like, mm-hmm. it burns, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's my personal approach to warming up really you just want to be warm and you want to end up, up. <laughs> <laughs> um you i mean you don't want to be too warm though mm-hmm. you don't want to be too loose mm-hmm. yeah. and i don't think there's a sport where you want to be too loose if you're going to be working out you want some tension
1: mm-hmm. what about you um, well, I, first of all, I really liked how you shared, like, the perspective um, with how your clients, how you use it to sneak in extra volume. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy doing that, too, especially because I have some people who only train with me, um, like, two times a week. So we're hitting full body every time. We mm-hmm. only have an hour. So it's very limited time. So you, you got to think about all the things that you need out of a warm-up, which um, if you refer to something like the RAMP protocol, which is a really common kind of, like, philosophy when it comes to dynamic warm-ups. Um, RAMP stands for raise, activate, mobilize, potentiate. And I don't necessarily like, I don't have like a checklist when I'm writing warm-ups or anything like that, but I think these are all important components of um, preparing for a workout. So trying to keep all those things in mind, I'm able to raise somebody's core temperature um, while we're mobilizing if we're doing it actively, if we're doing more of like a flow type thing. So I really like doing things like Kang squats, world's greatest stretch, um, you talked about dead bugs and mm-hmm. uh, anything that's active gets a little sweat going, um, but you're also taking care of making sure that they can get into the positions they need to get into. Not only that, but that they're feeling good. Nothing's like too blocked up or feeling tight. I also think it's a great opportunity to just get mentally ready. You give yourself yeah. some time to um, consider what you have to accomplish that day and how you're going to get it done. Um, and just kind of get in the zone for it. So that's typically how I start people is with some range of motion, um, work, uh, to both increase core temperature and focus on mobility. That usually takes anywhere from two to five minutes. Um, and then it totally depends on the person and their goal from there. Um, like I said, if I have somebody whose goal is body composition, I'm going to use that opportunity to, um, get an extra volume. Do some on, jump
0: jump roping. Jump roping is great for warm ups. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I do enjoy jump roping as well. Especially uh, me personally, if I have plyometrics in
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that day, it's a great plyometric prep exercise because it's very low intensity. You get a lot of foot contacts. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying, if the the person's main goal is body composition changes, then it is a great opportunity to get an extra volume. Um, I lo- I love things like push up variations, um, TRX rows. Hollow body holds, dead bugs, things like goblet that. goblet squats. Goblet squats, kettlebell swings. Um, anything that's higher rep, lower intensity gets blood flowing, gets them feeling good. High, um, like I said, higher reps. You can get an extra volume. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really enjoy, and I've been doing this more with my Gen Pop clients as well. The potentiate aspect, which is just including something more explosive um, into the warm up, leading leading right into the lift. So, like if we have heavy deadlifts that day. I'm going to try and get a heavy, or not a heavy, an explosive hip extension in somehow, whether it's a broad jump or something like that. If they're capable of doing it, I think a lot of people really enjoy that. And it does just kind of like pump you up, get you hyped, get you ready for the lifts. Yeah. Um, it, it depends on the individual, but I think most people generally enjoy that. And it also brings some novelty to the warmup so you know it doesn't get too boring because there's usually three or four exercises that you are going to be doing for four to five weeks um, until your block changes so if if i can then throw in like a fun medicine ball exercise or jumping exercise at the end i really like doing that Um, when it comes to like training athletes the approach is pretty similar we're still starting with range of motion um here i look a little bit more about whenever i'm training an athlete we're always going to either do speed or plyometrics before we lift um so depending on what which one it is i like to do some um, either technique or preparation drills, based on that. Uh, whether it involves like a mini band um, or some, if it's sprinting, then we're gonna do some technique drills. Um, and just yeah, the what the main point here is that your warm up should
0: prepare you for whatever you're about to do. It's exactly, sh- it shouldn't be. Um, you shouldn't be stressing over it too much. I will say. Um, If you are primarily into powerlifting or strength training, volume in your warm-ups is probably not going to be great. There's something called the wending warm-ups that people just shit on all the time. And it's like four sets of 20 or something of like each movement. That is excessive. If you need that many reps to get warm, there's something wrong. You need to start wearing more layers. You need to be drinking more water. Um, I don't think... I, I don't think that anybody needs to be doing that yeah
1: I also know many people who don't warm up at all they go to the, oh, whatever yeah. their first exercise is and they do a few lighter sets and that's their warm up and I strongly disagree with that as well I don't know. How I think do that. that is going to catch up to you um, yeah. a lot later on so I would strongly advocate against that um I, I do think it's very individualized, so just try different things and see what it works what works best for you. You brought up how warming up for powerlifting is a little different than warming up for gen pop or for, for athletes. Yeah. I think when you're gonna be doing a heavy lift, it's always a good idea to do some something with a stability aspect like mm-hmm. you were talking about. Um, with like your prone Y raises or
0: Yeah.
1: I mean that's more activation but also stability. Um, yeah.
0: Of course stability. There's a common
1: saying, uh mobility stability strength so that's also Mm -hmm. a kind of a um, a map or a guideline you could follow if you're focused on lifting heavy yeah but um yeah that's kind of where i'm at with it cool um so next and we want to keep this episode pretty short we're just going to talk about a few things recovery wise um
0: oh before we do that can can i say something that i heard this week sure it was um A lot of people – Cal Dietz says that he doesn't really cue his athletes – he doesn't really cue core stability when they're running. And a lot of people were like, what the heck, dude? Like, that seems super wrong. But if you think about it, running, if you're super stable and stiff in your upper body – you're not going to be fast at all. You're probably gonna fall over.
1: Yeah, I, I heard that as well. And I think specifically it was that he doesn't cue bracing oh, when yeah. you're gonna sprint like a Valsalva maneuver where you're taking in a big breath and holding it in. Yeah. Um, I know he's also done a lot of work with like sports hernias. So mm-hmm. there's something there as well, but I, I agree. If you're too stiff, um, it definitely takes away from from sprinting.
0: Yeah. So think about if you're if you're like mostly doing plyometrics or mostly doing running, think about um, definitely add some stability components into that warm up, but don't maybe don't um, emphasize core stiffness too much.
1: Yeah. I personally, I really like doing like contralateral stuff um, in the warm up. So that's opposing limbs so as one arm extends one leg the opposite leg extends etc and that is your dead bug your bird dog because that's what we do when we run crawls are also really good for that Um, also when you brought that up just not being too stiff and like resisting rotation when you run some of the the fastest sprinters in the world have like tons of hip internal rotation Mm -hmm. when they're coming out of the blocks. so I'm starting to get further and further away from like um, just like PVC drills where we're, we're trying to cue um, resisting rotation and stuff like that. I, I think everybody runs really different. Um, mm-hmm. And the most like, the the biggest way you see this is some very very fast individuals don't achieve triple extension when they're accelerating. Um, but my my thing is like, if. I would rather have them not get triple extension and run a four, six, than get triple extension or then break down their mechanics, make them do everything differently, get in their head and then they end up being slower. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that was kind of a tangent, but cool. It's cool stuff anyway. Um, yeah. So recovery, um, first thing I wanted to talk about was icing for recovery. Um, I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before.
0: We've probably both done it though.
1: Both done. What do you mean? Oh, I've definitely iced in the yeah, past. Yeah, I have no iced doubt. when I
0: when I had my initial low back injury. Um, you know, now I know that motion is lotion, and, and right when you, right when you injure yourself, you need to be getting blood into that area, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't need to be strenuous, and you don't need to hurt yourself, but you need to be getting blood to that area asap. First time I, first time, I strained my low back. <clears throat> I laid on the floor for like 10 minutes and called my mom
1: oh and when you do that it just gets so much worse yeah yeah
0: yeah. um learned my lesson there and i remember the second time i heard it i was like okay i need to do some banded good mornings and i just i need to put my weights away i need to do some banded good mornings and uh, make sure that i'm doing this a few times a day but i was still icing and heating um and that didn't really help
1: yeah i mean We'll, we'll get into it, but I, I do think, I think ice has a place, but it's, I think it's chronically it, overused yeah. and over-relied on. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about why. Um, well, everybody's heard of like the RICE protocol, rest, ice, compression, elevation. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: Um, this was first, this first came out by a Harvard physician in 1978, um, who later on wrote the, the foreword to a book titled Ice the illusionary treatment option. So he... He
0: was basically like, oopsies. Yep,
1: he re, he withdrew his statement regarding the RICE protocol, saying, subsequent research shows that ice can actually delay recovery. Mild mm-hmm. movement helps tissue heal faster, and the application of colds sur- suppresses the immune responses that start and hasten recovery. Ice does suppress pain, but the goal of the athlete is usually to return to play as soon as possible. Therefore, ice may not be the best treatment option for acute athletic injury. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty telling there. I mean, we could probably... We could probably stop it there, and that's enough. But, I mean, the conventional wisdom, the the thought process behind the RICE protocol is that ice prevents inflammation and swelling, reduces pain, and initiates recovery.
0: Well, yeah. If we're going to talk about, like, the whole RICE protocol, first of all, resting, yeah, you should be getting adequate sleep in order to recover. But that doesn't mean that you should sit on the couch because you – or lay on the couch for a few hours because you hurt your back. That's just going to make your back hurt worse. Mm -hmm. So, boop take resting out of there. Yeah,
1: I mean, they're all gonna get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, no, for sure. And if we talk about like, one of the main reasons is we're trying to keep swelling down, right? Yeah. Um, so there are cases where I think that it's probably okay um, if I think, if you think about like a black eye, like you're probably not gonna just like, in that case, you probably wanna put some ice on it.
0: Cause you don't need that for performance. Really. You don't need
1: that for performance. <laughs> You don't want your eye to swell just a million times the size, even if that means it's going to recover faster. Like, what if you then can't see? Yeah. yeah, So, but in general, like inflammation, if we think about like a sprained ankle, inflammation and swelling there, it's not a bad thing. Um, inflammation is the first stage of recovery and it's a natural thing. So what happens is cells are rushed to the injured area to remove the waste, destroy bacteria and carry in hormones that'll Mm -hmm. kickstart the next phase of healing, which is muscle repair and regeneration. So we need inflammation.
0: Yeah, I... I always see supplements that are like, reduces inflammation after workouts. And people are like, yeah. And it's like, why would you want to do that? And this supplement doesn't even work. But why would you want to reduce inflammation? Like, that's the thing with ice baths, too. Yeah. And that's how you're just delaying muscular recovery and you're just delaying your muscle. You're not letting your muscle get to work on repairing those damaged muscles. Mm hmm.
1: So not only does icing stop these regenerative cells from entering the damaged area, it restricts overall blood flow to the surrounding healthy tissues, which can cause additional damage.
0: And um, compression.
1: Yep. We're going to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, Jump in the gun. Yep. This was it right here. Furthermore, the traditional rice protocol calls for compression, which encourages joint immobility and may cause muscular atrophy, which is a decrease in muscle size by just locking it up. I just, it makes no sense and when you think about it, it but we we've, we've expected, it. we've accepted this for so long yeah. and it's still like, it's so prevalent. And so Even here's, though he was like, no, here's where it gets a little sticky though. Like you think about a situation where somebody does sprain their ankle and they have another game in three hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In that case, ice might be acceptable because you need swelling to be, to it's a certain short, degree yeah. to get that shoe on to, term. right so you, it all depends on context but if you're trying to adapt if you're looking for hypertrophy if you're looking for a response a muscular response inflammation and swelling is critical to that mm-hmm. so by doing things like icing taking ice baths um,
0: which are just awful to begin with who, yeah who, I mean it's not that? fun
1: it's not fun and that there's a huge like wave of people who advocate for this stuff oh I
0: see it on Instagram all the time
1: yeah which is yeah, anyway. Um, okay, I don't want to get too deep into the science, so I'm going to skip through a little bit here. Um, by the way, this source is from Squat University. Um, they had
0: a great podcast.
1: Yeah, good it. podcast, uh, good follow on Instagram, YouTube as well. Um, it's a physical therapist um, who deals with a lot of different athletes and puts out good information, so mm-hmm. check them out. Um, here we go. So... I like this quote a lot. Remember when you got hurt as a kid and your parents told you walk it off? They may have been right. Obviously, we don't want to push through pain, but for the majority of acute athletic injuries, and even several injuries that require surgery, there are pain-free ways to move and load the joint and facilitate healing. Loading damaged tissue with pain-free exercises after injury accelerates the healing of muscle and bone, boosts muscle repair and regeneration, and limits scarring. A few great ways to achieve muscular contraction when the injury has you pretty immobile is isometric contractions or electronic stimulation. So isometric contractions would literally be either pushing into something, just squeezing, or the the takeaway here is do what you can to stay moving, to get blood flowing.
0: It doesn't need to be painful. Find that pain threshold and see how far you can take it the next week. Be like, well, um, I couldn't, if you uh, strained, And a hamstring be like, well, I couldn't really bend over this far yesterday, but today I can push it a little bit more and it's not painful. That's a positive indicator. And you should keep slowly working to either um, load or um, increase range of motion Mm -hmm. or both.
1: No doubt. So the last kind of aspect we'll touch on. And this goes to like the tournament scenario or icing after a particularly hard workout. So what happens when we train or compete hard, um, muscle damage occurs or micro tears, as some people call them. Uh, Jumping in an ice bath will definitely decrease the sensation of pain or soreness. It will have what's called an analgesic effect, which just means limits the perception of pain. Um, But when it comes to whether it will actually help us recover for our next session, results are pretty mixed. Um, ice may interfere with the natural adaptive response to exercise that helps us recover and regain strength. Therefore, if you're extremely sore and need instantaneous relief for competition the next day, icing periodically may be okay. But in general, icing for soreness is not the way to go when looking at adaptations to training. So if you're incredibly sore, the recommendation is active recovery, which could be light walking, um, things like body weight squats or that range of motion work we were talking about earlier.
0: Or, um, um a gun
1: yeah and it also referenced not, not a gun gun it <laughs> also foam rolling it says active recovery which would be light walking light exercise or, or self myofascial release or yep stem or self myofascial release which is foam rolling lacrosse ball um, massage guns and i would in my opinion that's almost passive recovery yeah but um it's still good it's mm-hmm. better than ice that's mm-hmm. the point so Shall we get talk about a little bit more about self-myofascial release then?
0: Well, what do you do for recovery?
1: Um, So yeah, I mean, I've become pretty reductionist. I think I used to be somebody who would stretch after every
0: workout. Oh my God. He, during isolation, he would foam roll like four times a day <laughs> and go through like, okay, I got to do my three my three sets of one minute lunge ISO holds um, on my balance pad and like okay now I gotta do my three hey, sets of one <laughs>
1: Some people just build different.
0: And I was like, wow I'm just gonna sit on the couch <laughs> and do a passive figure four stretch.
1: Anyway, um I used to stretch after every workout. Um definitely used to ice. Now my approach has shifted to um the only thing I do after like directly after my workout is put my feet up on the wall and breathe for five minutes um, if I have that time if not if I don't have that time I'll just do 10 breaths um, so you get a little bit of a hamstring stretch but that's not why I do it I do it to bring my heart rate down and shift my nervous system until it's time to recover if I have extra time I like doing dead hangs from a pull-up bar it um, feels
0: so good it feels
1: so good it just kind of like elongates the spine um, Traction's the shoulders. It just feels great. Stretches the lats. Um, or I like doing dead hangs from the GHR as well. If you've never tried that, it's it's awesome. Um, beyond that, I, I foam roll. If I, I think there are huge benefits to foam rolling. Mm-hmm. Usually, when I if I'm gonna like foam roll, I want to do it right, meaning spending at least like 30 seconds to a minute on each area so it ends up taking a while so I only really do that if I feel like I have to or there's something I really want to recover well for for the next day um, we also have a hypervolt gun which is the same premise um,
0: amazing yeah
1: it's great um, yeah but then also like when I've had injuries and stuff I'm, I try to be very good about pre- prescribing myself exercises that I think will help uh, remedy that um, mm-hmm. or even if I'm just having like a little ache like right now I'm dealing with a little low back thing so I'm going to make sure that I get in I'm one I'm going to phone roll two I'm going to make sure I do some sets of bird dogs to just kind of remedy that but th- but that's pretty much it for me for recovery of course eating how you eat post workout and mm-hmm. the rest of the day well, well, um, I would
0: say like not necessarily the quality of foods you eat post workout but are you getting enough carbs in post workout because post workout I'm eating a big bowl of cereal and I have a protein shake. And that works for me, works great.
1: Depending on how you're exercising, the primary fuel source is glycogen and so we we want to restore that we want to replenish that and you to do that you have to take in carbs fairly soon after you work out mm-hmm. um, i think it's like it it's not as you don't have to like you don't slam. have an
0: anabolic window
1: yeah i mean
0: i, mean, I think there little... is
1: one but it's not as ex, it's not as like it's not as important as, as people
0: as, think it, it people, is
1: people uh, people have said that like if you don't
0: you're not going to muscle
1: milk the second after you you finish working out
0: like how's your body and be like okay we're done now
1: right exactly so i think as long as you're doing it within i usually tell people an hour um even mm-hmm. two i, I mean, think you
0: should be getting hungry anyways yeah
1: but yeah anyway so yeah eating is super important obviously sleep um i do like doing breath work mm-hmm. um that's it for me what about you
0: i'm really into active recovery so taking a walk or moving around mm-hmm. doing some chores um I have daily rehab and prehab things prescribed to me by my coach. Usually they take no longer than five minutes. Um, sometimes I'll stretch if something feels sore, take a bath uh, with Epsom salt. Actually, I don't really I can't feel a difference if it's just like some bubble bath or if it it's smells Epsom, nice. Yeah, it <laughs> smells nice. Um, and definitely the way I eat and how I sleep. So I'm the type of person I really feel like I need eight to ten hours in order to recover so I try to get as close as I can to that um, and I don't take melatonin if I'm having trouble sleeping I'll take or I know I have like uh, big days coming up I'll take some restoration by subject zero or um, I'll limit my, my caffeine intake to be like okay I'm not having caffeine after 12 today because I know the next few days are going to be busy and I need to get a lot of sleep tonight and for me, caffeine tends to hinder my sleep if it's after about 2 p.m. Um, but yeah, for me, it doesn't look like a lot of foam rolling or stretching or um, any of that fancy stuff you see on Instagram, like taping. And I don't really do any of that. Sometimes I'll use the massage gun because it feels nice. Um, but yeah, I think everybody has their own way of recovering. And mine, I like to keep it simple because otherwise I'm just going to build it up in my head if I'm like, huh, I got three sets of 10 of um, good mornings or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, So I have a lot here about the efficacy of self-myofascial release. I wanted to keep things short, so I'm just going to tell you the main takeaways which are that foam rolling does seem to be effective when trying to acutely increase range of motion, meaning it'll do it in the short term. Um, It doesn't seem like it can do it chronically. Um, And it seems that a combination of static stretching and foam rolling is more effective for increasing range of motion, but we also have to keep in mind that static stretching has negative impacts on um, force production. So I wouldn't use that combination before working out. Um, if we're talking about form-rolling before working out, there's, that. there are several studies that have found. Some people will say that it like blunts muscular performance, stuff like that. But I'll, several studies I looked at, and if anybody wants these sources, I'm happy to give them. I just don't want to bore people. Um, say that. Foam rolling does not impact muscle performance and may even have a slightly positive effect. Decreases muscle soreness and fatigue, increases passive range of motion, and longer duration seems to be better. So these studies found that an increase in performance measures um, Mm -hmm. were found when utilizing a minimum of 90 seconds, um, which was three sets of 30 seconds or two sets of one minute. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Can I I talk?
1: Go ahead. Sorry. I Um, didn't know you wanted to talk.
0: Sorry. Um, I'm I'm of the opinion that if it takes you longer than 10 minutes to foam roll before every session, though, that something might be wrong otherwise. So um,
1: just hit the key areas yeah. for you. And that's for, different for everybody.
0: Yeah. For me, I just foam roll my quads because I tend, tend to experience a lot of pain um, in my IT band and lateral quads. And for me, hitting like a pressure point and kind of flossing that muscle helps really loosen it up so have like a reason why you're doing it yeah it feels really good um but if you're just foam rolling for 10 minutes because it feels really good and it's not actually helping your workout then there might be a better way you could foam roll or maybe cut it
1: or do it later in the day like if you want to do it just because it feels good that's fine i do that a lot Mm -hmm. but just do it later in the day not before you work out because a lot of times we only have so much time in the gym um Yeah, so does not seem to decrease muscular performance, seems to increase range of motion and decrease muscular soreness and fatigue. Lastly, um, a study that looked at a dynamic warm-up routine without self-myofascial release and a dynamic dynamic warm-up routine with self-myofascial release um, and their effects on performance testing found that the warm-up routine that consisted of both a dynamic warm-up and SMR, um, which was a total foam. Total body foam rolling session resulted in overall improvements in athletic performance testing. So, with that said, you'll notice that we didn't talk about foam rolling uh, in our clients' warm ups. That's simply because of time constraints. I do like to encourage people to, if they can, get there a little bit early and hit their mm-hmm. key areas. Um, but or after, it's, I would say it's it's totally. I I I don't think it's necessary, um, but I think it can be really helpful. So. If, if I had to choose between, like, doing self-myofascial release to try and increase range of motion or doing, like, active mobility work in a warm-up, I would choose the active mobility work yeah. because that way you're also raising your core temperature um, and getting more bang for your buck. But they're both good.
0: So, are we done?
1: Uh, pretty much. We're done with that stuff. It, last thing would be if you want to give, like, any recommendations, news, anything like that.
0: Um recommendations. I've really been enjoying listening to Dave East. Uh, Fleet Foxes dropped a new album and it's perfect for fall. Uh, What else have I been listening to? Pop Smoke. A little bit of Pop Smoke. Um, Also, Dave just sent me um, a... uh, I think it's hardcore or metal. I don't know. Um, But sent me... One of those types of bands. And I've actually been digging it. Um, recommendations for shows. I'm watching Handmaid's Tale. Um, you know, the way that our country is headed, you might want to watch it. I feel like I actually get a lot of deja vu when I'm watching it. And I have nightmares from it. And Roy will be like, you should stop watching it before bed. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> um, what about you?
1: Um I second the Davey's recommendation. Karma 3 was fantastic. All the Karma uh, mixtapes albums are really good. Um, I like Big Sean's album. I think I already talked about that. Mozzie dropped an album that I liked. Um,
0: We we don't support Tory Lanez.
1: We don't support Tory Lanez. Um, Conway the Machine also dropped an album, which I haven't gotten through yet, but I generally like him. So check him out. I've been (laughs) listening to Pop Smoke's album a lot, probably too much. Um, But I just really enjoy it. So that's kind of what I'm feeling music-wise. Shows, I love the uh, Cobra Kai on Netflix. (laughs) Super cheesy. so bad. But really easy to watch, really entertaining. So I've been loving that. Um, And then, of course, I've been keeping up with uh, the NBA. So you gave (laughs) the news that apparently NBA owners have donated more money to to Republicans Republicans than Democrats, which... (laughs) wow they
0: said they said bl blm on the screen maga behind the scenes oh my
1: god i'm interested to see what comes of that but um yeah i think that's all we got for today so thanks for sticking with us hopefully you got something out of this podcast please let us know if you have any ideas on topics you want us to cover guests you want us to have on anything like that
0: and um if you have any questions we could probably do A. Q&A sometime soon. Yeah, if you do have like
1: questions, feel free to DM us on Instagram or send them to the Intention email, which is intention.training at gmail.com.
0: Boom, you got it. Because you didn't get it earlier yeah, this week. Yeah, I know. I
1: know. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Please share. Um, like. Like. Subscribe. subscribe.
0: Leave a three to five star review. Three. Because we're not full of ourselves. We're better than three. Three and a half. Four <laughs> and a half.
1: All right. Take care.
0: Bye.